His great work in our midst. We do our best to keep abreast with what he is doing. The more conscious we are of what he is doing, the faster he will achieve his purpose in us. And that means that we must have some kind of, uh, must take a stand. It must be a deliberate action I must take to always be abreast with the Holy Spirit for what he's doing. And as a Christian community that comes to sit under the Lord's tutelage every Saturday like this, the Holy Spirit has been taking us on a special course with regards to our life in God is a very special aspect of our Christian life that we must understand. Jesus made it categorical in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, I have come that you may have life. It is that life we are trying to unfold. It is that life that we are trying to open up. Is that life that we want to actually possess because he has given us that life. And child of God, it's very important to understand that when that life was given, a lot was settled. Yes, a lot was settled. As a matter of fact, God, even before we cried to him in prayer about anything, he knows about it. And let me just even shock you further. That sometimes when you are making a request from God, when you are crying to God either for protection or for favor or for blessings of one kind or the other, it may shock you to understand that even that your request is actually not having a full view. It doesn't cover the entire horizon of the request you are making. Because you're only requesting based on what you know from this side. You understand? So our prayers are actually limited. And that's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit to help us actually pray the kind of prayer that will capture what we are talking about. You see? And so God in his love, he gave us Jesus. And the reason he gave us Jesus is that Jesus will bring us that life, and that life is actually to meet up with every human need. Be it spiritual, be it physical. The life of Jesus, when we receive it, it satisfies the entire human reality. Such a way that there's no lacuna anywhere again. And that's why when you receive Jesus, actually, you are complete. When you receive Jesus, you are complete, lacking nothing. Everything has been captured in that life that Christ gave you. So when he gave you that life, as a matter of fact, using our language, he has settled you. There is nothing that you will ever need to ask for anymore. But because 
in our journey, we have not truly grasped this life, we still feel empty. We still see lack, we still see failure, we still see limitation. That's why the Holy Spirit is on a serious mission to drill us until we come to the knowledge of this reality. That's why Jesus said he will be our teacher. He will begin to stir you up to understand that something has been given you and you've got to utilize it Engaging what has been given to you is what is called faith. Faith is not just the garden of beliefs. Those beliefs are actual information that helps you to understand that something has come into you. But faith is engaging what you have received in addressing the affairs of life. You can see Jesus when he was with the disciples on the high sea and they had the storm and the waves. And they went and woke him up when he was sleeping in the inn. Master, don't you care? We're perishing, was the language of the disciples. And Jesus came out from that place and stretched forth his hand. Come the waves, come the wind, and turned towards him and said, Where is your faith? That means they were supposed to put their faith to work. That's the area many are having issues. As long as the devil can blind you to make you feel that you don't have anything, then you will not even have the courage to do, use anything. So the first stage of beauty of faith is to come to the knowledge that you have something. You have received something. That's the first level. I have something. I have received that life. I have received what Jesus has given to me. I'm in possession of a reality. An unseen reality. That's the first, that's the base, that's the foundation of faith. That's why Hebrews 11 says, faith is a substance. It's a substance. It's, a, it's something that is a reality. It's a substance of things. You see, faith is a substance. Amen. So when anyone says, I have faith, it goes beyond just that I believe in God. I'm trusting God. It goes beyond that level to the point where you are now acknowledging that because you believe in Jesus, something was given to you. You receive something. In other words, now you are in possession of a reality. In the mind of a common Christian, he doesn't have this. He doesn't have this understanding. You see the point? So we must begin to grow our consciousness that we are in possession of something and it was given to us, it was bequeathed to us when we came into Jesus. So a life was given, very important. Why did he give us that life? 
Why did you wait for us to die here and come to heaven? Then he cannot say, come, welcome, and now he now gives you the life. Why did he come down here? He said, I have come. I have come that you may have life. He met us where we are and have it abundantly. Why? It's because you need it here. You need that life here. That's why he came. He couldn't wait for us to keep loitering around here and probably be in bondage. He decided to intervene and came and gave us that package. No wonder Peter, when he met that people man, he said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, I will give you. Well, I love that so much. What I have, you have something, you have something. You have something. Was deposited in you by the Holy Spirit, the King of all spirits. That day you believed, that day you accepted Jesus, something entered you. You may not feel it. It takes diligence to be able to take advantage of it and engage it in your life. What I have, I will give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Something happened. It didn't happen from heaven. Are you aware? That thing that happened. It didn't happen from heaven. It happened from inside Peter. With a crippled man. So it means that while Peter was walking around, he was carrying the man's, the key to his legs inside of him. That's why he didn't turn to heaven and say, Oh God. You are the Alpha and the Omega. Do it again that you know you may be glorified. He didn't pray that way. He came as if he was in charge. As if he is the God now. Silver and gold I don't have. Silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, I will give you. He was conscious of this substance. He was conscious that he has received something. And that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate to us. In the course of this teaching series, the Holy Spirit wants to awaken your consciousness that you have received something. Stop feeling inferior. Stop feeling intimidated. Stop feeling empty. He has deposited something in you. You are a carrier of a treasure. It's an expensive reality. This was what Mary understood when he says, For the Almighty has done great things in me. Holy is his name. So we must learn to begin to acknowledge the great thing the Almighty has done in us.
is a substance. That's capacity to address our hopes, our desires, our, our the things we want in life. That's why I say the substance of things hoped for. You are hoping for all kinds of things. This substance has capacity to address each and every one of them. You know, this is the substance that powers everything about your life. Everything. It powers everything. And the Bible says, faith comes by what? Yeah. By hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. So the more you expose yourself to the word of God, then you hit something crystallized in this world, and that is faith. And that faith produces a substance in your spirit man that is given to you not just to believe in God, but to addressing issues of life. So the substance of faith is both what? Vertical and what? Horizontal. The church has made us so much on the vertical. I believe, I trust God, I'm believing God, I'm, I know my God will do it. And he throws everything to him. If it be your will, do it. Which is good. Yes. But at the same time too, he has also given you the audacity and the graciousness to also play part in dealing with the affairs of life. That's why he came here to train us for that. And that's why we see Peter demonstrating it, Paul, all of them. So that life is what, what brings this substance, the life of God. That's what the Holy Spirit is telling us that yes, even though you have your human life, yes, when you receive this substance, the human life was made subservient to the divine life. So be conscious of the divine life. Be conscious of the what? The divine life. Are you aware that the Holy Communion you receive is actually the divine food. Is the holy food meant to continue to power the divine life? So when we are coming every time to receive communion, part of what the church is doing is to keep stirring your consciousness. of the divine life in you. So each day, body of Christ in men is to tell you, now the day has begun. Operate based on your divine life. The tendency to relapse and begin to live from the human life is so high. Because the world out there lives the human life. 
were raised in the human life. It's quite interesting to see that the Acts of Apostles is not simply a letter, you know, that demonstrates how the early church was living the divine life. Last week we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. We can start from verse uh, 14. It says, For the love of Christ controls us. Yes, where is that love? It's inside us. It's part of the package we have received. Okay? Romans chapter 5, verse 5. I'm sure by now you should have known that part of scripture. That the love of God has been poured abroad into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, when you confess Jesus and accepted him, he came into you by virtue of the Holy Spirit. And as the Spirit was coming to you, he poured the love of God into you. He gave you the life of Jesus. He gave you the spirit of Jesus. He gave you the, the nature of Jesus. These are the great things the Almighty has done inside of you. It's a great investment. Amen. Amen. For the love of Christ controls us. So that love is what controls us. Because we have concluded that this, that one has died for all. He died for me. So it means when he died for me, it means that that, that life I received from my parents, that's the life he took away from me. When he died on the cross, and we are all in him, when he died, that other life we received that is susceptible to negativity, to sin and condemnation, that's the life that Jesus destroyed on the cross and gave us new life which is his own therefore all have died all have died as he continued from there he said for one died for all therefore all have died and he died for all that those who live now might no longer live for themselves. The human life is meant to, you know, is a life that makes you to live for yourself. But for him, who for their sake died and was raised. Let's look at Romans chapter 6 from verse 3. Paul throws more light in that direction. Romans Chapter 6, are we there? From verse 3. He said, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So that day when you receive baptism, that baptism actually connected you to the death of Jesus. So your human life was nailed with Jesus. All this happens in the spiritual palace. It happens in the name of the spirit. Okay? 
We were buried therefore with him by baptism. Verse 4. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in what? In the newness of life. That means in the new life. The reason for the resurrection is for you and I to walk in the new life. The Christian life is a new life. So you walk consciously, consciously in the new life. The moment you just relapse to the old life, then you are subject to what happens there. But if your consciousness is blessed by the new life, and you are always conscious of it, then the power from that new life begins to work in your system. Please open the door for somebody. Somebody see. As I reflected on this, I said, Holy Spirit, why could Jesus not just give, put this life in everybody's body and then start moving? He said, no. <laughs> if a sick person does not take the drug, he will not be well. So that's why your mind is so crucial in this dimension. For you to walk in the light of his glory, your mind is very crucial. If you trivialize your mind, you will not go far. So, just as Christ was raised from the, from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk, might walk in the newness of life. Newness of life. Newness of life. The new life, of God, is not about folding your hands like this. <laughs> it's not about looking holy. This new life is not about what you do and what you don't do. Am I making the point clear now? It's not about what you do and about what you don't do. No, 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 no. Because each time we talk about a new life, we say, okay, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, that's the new life. No, 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 no. The new life is not an action. The new life is a life itself. What makes you human is not that you are putting up human activities. No. You are, first of all, a human person that makes you now to do what? To put up human actions. <laughs> so this new life is imparted upon you. It's given to you inside. And that's why uh, if you die instantly after seeing that life, you are going to have to stretch. Not because you have done anything. The good thief. Why did he enter heaven? He said, today you will be with me in paradise because he received that life immediately. He confessed the Lordship of Jesus. But what did he do? He, he, there was no good works in his life. No baptism. He did not even preach. No charity. But Jesus said, today, you will be with me in paradise. So what is that thing that took him to paradise? It is the new life that was imparted into his soul. Are we together here? 
So we must understand this basis of the new life. The new life. It is based on the faith on the new life. That's why Catholics baptize children. Because it's not your deeds that matters here now. It is the impartation that matters. What God is giving at that point in time. So thank you, Jesus. So first of all, the conscious of our life. <laughs> if a dog bites you, uh, will you be afraid of rabies? Eh? Okay. If a goat bites you, will you also be afraid of rabies? No. Why? But it's a bite now. Hmm? Okay. That's how it is. It will shock you that God is more interested in that which is impacting upon you than what you do. Do you get me now? God is more interested in you receiving this life and becoming conscious of it than the actions you put up with. Your actions are also good. But his interest is that action you are putting up with what is powering it? Is it his own life? Or under life? That's why they said every good work that is not powered by grace, God does not recognize it. Every good work, every good work that is not powered by grace, that means if grace is not what is responsible for that good work, no matter how good it appears, God does not what? Acknowledge it. And to prove to us that God was in, is interested in the life itself more than the actions we put up with, that is why that good thief entered heaven before or even before Paul and Peter. They were still on earth here. The man has entered paradise. This is the mystery that the devil does not want Christians to know. He pushes them to continue to say, oh yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. They spend almost all their time trying to put up with actions that will please God and not the life that God has given. Do you know what? When you begin to grow in the consciousness of the life God has given, it becomes easier to put the actions into work. <laughs> so knowledge of what you have and received is what powers your action. You know, say, because I have this, I will do this. But if it's that I'm just trying to please God by putting up with action, is there's a there's a, a, a divide between the me and the action. And so it's like you are doing it grudgingly, or you are doing just okay, let me just do it and see what I do and see it and accept me. God is not accepting you because of the good deeds you are doing, He's accepting you because of the life you have received. Shout a big amen. amen.
Now I have received Jesus. If I come before the Father, He can't say no to me because that life is His own life. Please, mothers who are here, do you love your children because they please you? <laughs> Why do you love them? Because what? Good. Because this is my flesh. This is my blood. That's why you see a mother or a father who has a son who is a criminal, no matter how the public has messed him around, he still identifies he is my son. He's my son. What can I do? He can never be ashamed of his own flesh. And you see, Holy Spirit, let us go and see what we can do to help you out of this bondage. He will say, identify with that son. Not because the son has pleased him. So why do you now think that God will always say, eh, because you have done this? Eh, no, 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 no. If you are born of the Spirit, the Father accepts you because you are not carrying his own life. Thank you, Jesus. So that's why the Holy Spirit is building our consciousness of this life. This life that Jesus has relinquished to us. And you know, he came purposely because of this. One of the biggest impartation Christ has given to the church is his life. I have come that you may have my life and have it what? Abundantly. I want you to bend my life. Carry it around. Manifest. Respond to that life. Let it be the one to move you around. Do the things you do by, by the virtue of my life in you. Even the Holy Spirit himself cannot take us far if we are not connected to this life. Because that's where he dwells. So I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. Make it a testimony. So I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I have the life of God in me. Amen. So you have to stay it up all the time. As you wake up each day that comes, you've got to stir yourself up to be in the frequency of that life. The cost of it and know that you must live from the energy of that life. I know I have strength in my body based on food. I know I have some knowledge based on my readings and all that, but at the same time also, there is something about my life that is beyond just human, human comprehension, that is supernatural. So I also have to learn to trust that reality in the dealings I do. As long as my consciousness is connected to that life, and I step out to do things, I will see greater success in that thing than just doing it on my own. So, the Christian work of faith is that as you live your life, don't depend on your brain, don't depend on your connection, don't depend on the human elements made available to you. You have to also learn to depend on the supply that comes from the life that you carry inside. That's how to live by faith. When you say the righteous shall live by faith, it means the righteous will always depend on this substance in living his life. And you know what? When you trust that life, 
and you can stay it up enough every day and trust it. When there's danger, you can, you can get the feeling. It will direct your steps. Why many Christians make mistakes is that they believe in themselves. Ah, oh, no, I can't do it. Ah, you look at it now. It's very, it's very practical. And they step in. And then they get to trouble. And they say, God, why me? Because they never listened to that life that is inside of them. The human life only operates with the five senses. But that divine life sees all things. By that life, God orders your step. By that life, God orders your step. There are times in my life I've done certain things. I will just myself doing it. And I, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out in my head. What am I doing here? What is the reason for this? I try to figure it out. I'm not getting something very you know logical but i don't see myself doing it at the end of it all something big comes out of it i say what is the meaning of this initially i was getting confused but as i continue to see the lord asking what is the meaning of this on i i stumble on this verse of scriptures it's not given to man to order his steps so it means that life orders your steps you see yourself doing something you don't have substantive reason you're just doing it at the end of it all something great comes out of it he said i was just moved i was moved to talk to this person and after talking to that person you didn't know the person who had already prepared to commit suicide in the next one hour how did you know not through your senses that energy moved you your brain could not capture it because the brain cannot know what is going on at that point in time you are sleeping. All of a sudden, you are just moved. Go and pray for John. You just go to the place John is. You lay hand on him and start praying for him. You didn't know why you were doing that. The next morning, John said, Mommy, do you know when I woke up when you prayed for me, I was in a dream. I began to explain to you that something great was about to happen. But that life in you stirred you up and moved you. You are not seeing what was going on in the spirit, but that life will see it. If our choices and decision making was sufficient enough, we will not be making a mistake we are making. But because it's not sufficient, that's why Jesus said, I have come to give you this life. You need it. There are times you want to do something. Your senses have agreed with you. Then there is this nostalgic feeling you are feeling inside. Something is just pulling you back, pulling you back. You don't have the peace to move ahead. Hey, don't listen to your senses. Listen to your energy. Because this one sees for that. A friend of yours comes and opens a business, you know, opportunity for you and say, let's invest. Oh, bring some money. And then he explains the thing to you very well. And you can see that this business deal will fetch you good money at the end. After you concluded, you went back home. You were just thinking about it. You just noticed that you are not just comfortable. This thing, mm, I don't know. I don't feel like entering this business with you. Please, can you just go? He said, no. Can't you see it? Yes, you can see it with your physical eyes. But your energy, that life has seen it. And the more you are trying to yield to that person, the more uneasiness you experience. At the end of it all, 
all of a sudden, you say, hi, guy, please, just go. Mm -mm. Let me have my peace first. Just go. Few days later, you start hearing that some people were scammed by that person. Say, thank God. No wonder my spirit was troubled. Is that life? Now, if you are not, if you haven't known that you have this life and it's not part of your consciousness, you will doubt it each time it speaks to you. Many at times as Christians, when you say, my spirit told me, my spirit told me, hey, it's that life that actually was educating you, but you didn't listen. You are so overwhelmed by the, by the deception of the five senses. Child of God, the more you begin to develop yourself to listen to that life, most of the issues you are having will be solved. That life has a secret of life. Everything about life here, it has the ability to administer to it. You are driving. That thing just tells you, slow down. But what is this now? The road is so clear. Well, let me just go. I mean, it's getting dark. That light knows it's getting dark. There is something that life has sensed. Now it's informing you. And you know, it will always speak in a very small voice. Because it's a gentle spirit. Yes. Your brain will tell you no. The voice of reason will be so loud. You will go again, he'll tell you, I say, wait. I say, excuse me, enough of this. You start arguing, start arguing, start arguing. The Bible says, God said, I can't wrestle with man always. He can't fight with you. Once he has given the first one, second one, the third one, and he leaves you. Then when it happens, your senses will now say, ah, no wonder. But then, a problem has come. That day, you went for location. They were serving meal. They brought the food to you. You look at it. That's just told you, don't eat it. Say, ah, but what? If I don't eat now, they'll say, I'm not, I'm not accepting. No, let me just, let me just eat small. That became the beginning of your problem. Because you didn't listen. If I don't eat now, they will say. You are still listening to people, human beings. You don't listen to God. The beauty about this life is when you have it inside of you, you are here. Huh? This life is the very life of God who is in heaven. If the Father is thinking good, this life will be thinking good. It will be ministering to you. You will be inspired to start thinking the thoughts of your Father. If you like, there's like a Bluetooth between the Father and the Son. Open that door. Open it well. Like a Bluetooth. So information will flow. So when you hear people say, I don't hear from God, it's because they want to hear God with their natural ear. You don't hear God with this ear. You hear God without a life. It's called the act of knowings. Knowings.
You will just know. It will just happen to you. You will just know. I know that I know that I know that I know that God loves me. My brain cannot produce, you know, how. But I just know it. He loves me. I know it. So that life communicates to you by acts of knowing. Listen to that life. To save you a lot of problems. That life will lead you to things, opportunities to do things. It's not easy to listen to that life. <laughs> Many times, he will speak, I'll be arguing. Now, we, we are trusting the Holy Spirit that He will help us on how we can listen. How can we be effective to listening to His voice? You know, if you want to hear His voice more, you have to learn to be prayerful. Prayer stirs up that life; it stirs it up. The more you pray, the more you stir that life up. Even sometimes, while you are praying, you will be things will be flashing. You will see things coming to you. Thoughts will be flowing. Inspiration will be coming. That's a sign that this life is giving you information. That's why if you are praying, you have a book and Bible by your side. As thoughts are coming, write them down. <laughs> so we say, Father, I'm, if I'm praying, I'm distracted. I don't know my thoughts will be, yes, some are distractions. Sometimes it's the Spirit of God that is in you that carries you through the vehicle of your mind to something, he wants to show you something. So it's not a distraction. <clears throat> you are praying. You are praying the rosary. For instance, as you are praying, you are meditating. All of a sudden, the thought of your son just flashes on you. You're just there, thinking about him. Why are you still praying? All of a sudden, you are so engrossed, thinking about him, thinking about him, thinking about him. Before you know it, you may, not, you may even forget that you are saying the rosary. Or if you're in a group, you, you may even see that you are not even hearing the voice of the plane longer because I caught up somewhere. And then, <clears throat> picture of that your son in different areas of life becoming. I don't know. I just hope that he will change you. I don't know what is wrong with him. Why is he doing like this? Why is he behaving like this? The Holy Spirit is taking you on a navigation, He's taking you on a journey, He's taking you on a journey to show you something. If you watch very well, at the end of it, there is only something that settles with that imagery in your mind. That means the Holy Spirit is telling you that and deal with it. Pray about it. Sometimes it's in your career, while you're praying, it picks you that way. You are caught up with a problem there. As you are just praying and the thing is it's taking you. Keep praying, keep praying. More light will be flashed on that area until he shows you something and say, if you go to an office, if I go to office tomorrow, I will take you in front of my door. It's like there's something there. You will be there's a knowing, there's a knowing. It flashes your mind. When you go to an office, open your door, check there. You'll be shocked. You see something. Knowings. So that's why the Holy Spirit wants you to first of all take possession of this life. It's a foundation that you operate with. You 
you will say my mind is not your mind because your mind cannot explain it. You are going to bed. You have slept already. All of a sudden you wake up. That touch just says, go and check your door. I say, no, I lock it now. <laughs> then you say, hey, let me just sleep. At about 1 a.m. Just right before you, somebody is standing and giving you some heavy slap. After the operation, you go and see that the door was not broken. How did they enter? Your key was still there. That spirit, that life informed you. You see why fasting is very good? Fasting helps you to respond to the information that comes from that life. That's the reason why we fast. Because the body is always weak to respond. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. If when he gives others, the body will be dragging and arguing. But when you fast, you are able to stabilize the relationship between the spirit and the body. So when the spirit gives others, the body will not revolt. The body will not resist. The body will just take action immediately. And that's why the Bible says, as men who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons and the daughters of God. God gave us this life that it may lead us. I was counseling some people yesterday in a program I had somewhere. I only say a couple. And I told the girl, few months before this, before this marriage, Something spoke to you not to get married to this man. He said, Father, it is true. Father, it is true. He said, crying. He said, Father, it is true. I said, why do you listen? Why don't you listen? Father, I'm tired of waiting. I said, hey, so harvest the fruit of not waiting upon the Lord. Shall so I have the life of God in me? It rules me. It governs me. It orders my steps. In the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that we no longer live for ourselves, but to live for Him who loved us and died for us. The Almighty has done great things in me. Holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age upon those who fear him. By virtue of that life, no longer by her rationality or by her senses, Mary began to decree. He cast down the mighty from the thrones and lifts up the lonely. When did God did that? She didn't see anything physical, but by the realm of the Spirit, she was seeing what this life will do in the world. And she began to prophesy. She began to say the things that that life was inspiring her to say. It's good to develop that life God has given to you. You are not empty. 
They're not empty. They're not empty. Everything you need in life has been wrapped up in this life. Mark my word. Everything you need. Everything. You are asking God for healing. The healing is wrapped up in that. When you are feeling sick and you are telling to yourself, don't think healing will come from heaven. <laughs> Someone is eyeing me. <laughs> is, it, is it true? I said, when you are sick and praying God for healing, healing is not coming from heaven. The healing is inside you. Okay. Uh, which case is that? Uh, the woman with the issue of blood, right? Huh? Good. The woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood, right? <laughs> when she came to Jesus and touched the hem of his garment, right? Jesus said, woman, your faith has healed you. What does that mean? What Jesus did, what happened to her is that this, she made up her mind said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment. Now, he touched the hem of his garment. What happened was that the, woman's, woman, the woman received a power that helped her to engage her faith. Because before then, she had heard about Jesus. The word of God has entered her ear already. She had heard about Jesus. Then she took action and said, I will now go and touch the hem of his garment. When he touched it, the Spirit of God honored her faith by bringing about her healing. Now, when Jesus turned, he didn't say, my power has healed you. He said, your faith has healed you. What am I doing here? What I'm doing is to create a good environment for you by the Holy Spirit that your faith will start addressing the issues of your life. Now, what am I doing here? Nothing more. So if it happens to you now, and say, I have testimony, Father Vincent was praying for me, I did not do it. I only created the environment that the faith you have will be utilized to solve that issue in your life. See, I have the life of God in me. Be conscious of it. Paul said, we carry this treasure in earthenware jam. We carry this treasure. It's a treasure. It's a treasure. You have it. You have it. The problem is that you have stopped looking at it. You are doubting yourself. You don't believe in yourself. You don't believe you have it. You believe that somebody's own is higher than yours. What I have, you have. The same Christ I have is the same Christ you have. What I've done to myself is that I've helped myself to stir my own up so much because I invested my time to build it up. By feeding with the word of God through prayer, through the act of love, I have built myself. They say, Me, I'm a have, you have. I've cooked my own. You are eating my own. What are you going to eat your own? Oh, you don't believe that? I have two bags of, two tumors of yam. You have two tumors. That's what Christ has given all of us. Now I'm cooking my own and garnishing to a vegetable. You're asking me, give me. Father Vincent, give me. I'm giving you. My own is finishing. You are still having your own two tomatoes of air. Go and cook your own now. 
That's why Jesus asked them, where is your faith? Where is your yam? Use it. So I have it. I have it. Can you say it more prophetically? I have it. I have it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes your ejaculatory prayer should not just be other type of prayer. You can be saying this, I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. In the name of Jesus. There's a new life in my body. There's a new life in my soul. Just keep saying it. This is scriptural. You are prophetically decreeing things. As you are saying it, you are stirring your consciousness. The Holy Ghost is happy with your testimony. By this life, I will not be sick. Because the Bible says, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he said, that same spirit will give life to your mortal body. We give life. We give life to your mortal body. That means there's a life in your body that this spirit will give to your body. It will give life to your mortal body. You stay it up in prayer. When you want to see this thing at work more, pray more. Spend more time in prayer. After rosary, start singing praises. After singing praises, start singing psalms. After singing psalms, just start praising God again. Stay there one hour. Just be there. Your boy will tell you, it's okay, it's okay. Go out. Say, I'm not good anywhere. Keep, stay there. Stay there until your desire to go will die. And your desire to remain is stronger. That means you have crossed. You pray until the resistance is broken. Many of us, there are problems that we pray, 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 pray. The resistance pulls you from the prayer closet. You now move. You have not crossed yet. Stay there. Create a very a very long chain. After the rosary, sit down, meditate for another 30 minutes. After 30 minutes, start saying, uh, our father, every 30 minutes. After that, again, start praises. Don't be there one hour, two hours, three hours until your craving and your desire to walk away dies. And there's no reason to go away again. You're just there. Then, all of a sudden, it's a force of attachment that comes. You don't feel like being with the Lord. That means you have broken the chains. Stay that way and tell me whether sickness will still be there. Can't you spend one hour with me? They couldn't. But when Peter crossed over to this side, Peter would pray for five hours. By 9, 9 a.m. the morning, he was still praying in the house of the copper, copper smith. The angel said, go to that house. You will see. If you go there, you will see that he's praying. Send for him. When he comes, he will give you words. Say prayer. Yeah. So, when you understand this, you are condemned to pray. Prayer doesn't, is no longer that if I like. Anytime you don't pray, it's like you ate food and you refuse to digest the food. And as long as you don't digest the food, you will not have energy. We are too busy to pray. <coughs> Say thank you, Jesus. Let's look at the scriptures again. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20.
He says, from verse 20, Galatians 2 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. <laughs> this is a very strong word. It's no longer I who live. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This must be your consciousness. When the devil tells you, you are the one, say no, I'm not the one. <laughs> it's like self-denial or deny yourself. If your consciousness is flooded with the concept of I, you are vulnerable. If your understanding with God is characterized by the I personality, it makes you weak. If you meet any person who is highly diabolical, check well. They don't, they don't operate as individuals. When he's charging, charging at you, his confidence is not his eye. His confidence is what he has. Right? <laughs> You'll be tormenting him. You'll be praising the thing that sustains him. Them who are in the diabolical, they understand this concept so well. And they use it. The other day, I just stumbled on a video where, I don't know which culture is that, two young girls in a huge crowd, you know, wearing very short dresses and short uh, uh, underwears, and they were cutting themselves with knives so sharp. You could see them cutting themselves, and their skin was not torn. And they were praising them and pouring alcohol on them, and they were cutting themselves. That means knife cannot enter us. I was watching them. I was scared that something may just happen and this person's power will be out. Me who was watching. I was scared for them. But they who are acting would have come. They believe in a system so much that their fear that this will open up has died. So that's why they can even come publicly. They don't mind whether you believe in them or not. They keep, they can still be doing what they are doing. They have built their faith so much in that thing. But if the person comes as an individual and does it once, sorry, they will pack everything in the big bucket. So where many Christians are having issues is that they keep seeing themselves as individuals, as the I person. You have to be conscious of what possesses you. What is the source of your energy? 
It's no longer I who live. Now, that Babalao person or anybody who is involved in the diabolical, he believes in the power of that thing so much that when you try to challenge him, he will tell you that challenging him is challenging that thing, right? He said, do you know who I am? I am so, so, so of this thing. Now, he will make reference to that thing. Meaning that as you are harassing me, you are harassing Can you stand his rot? And because he believes so much in this reality, you don't know what type of relationship he has built with this that gives him the confidence to come before you and start challenging and tell you, I will deal with you. Then he'll start making some recommendations. He's speaking to that reality. His confidence is not himself. It's in that thing. Anywhere he's going, he's conscious of what he's connected to. He goes to a, a location. He's there. He's shaking people's hands. Even if he sees you as an enemy, he will shake his hand because he knows that what he has come with is higher than what you have. His consciousness is not himself. <laughs> but Christians are not strong in that area. Even the communion you receive today, within 30 minutes, that's diffused. You do things based on the eye person. Hmm. I, this thing, this I can't do it all. Because you are depending on your little energy. Let your confidence not be in yourself. Kill the self mentality. And that's why when you see those who have grown in this dimension, when they begin to say, in the name of Jesus, I will not be sick. Those who dwell in the eye will say, look at this one. I am a human being. Are you more than others? They will start speaking the language of the eye. But when Ebola comes and starts boasting with his own, you don't question him. But when a Christian operates on the same system, you will say he's been braggadocious. He's been proud. You see how they kill your testimony. It took me three and a half years to keep saying, I refuse to be sick. For me to start seeing it in my life. It took me three and a half years. I kept saying it for three and a half years. When I was saying it, sickness was coming. I was, I was down severally, severally. I kept saying it. I was thinking of myself. I kept saying it. I was building my consciousness. I was building my consciousness until at the point I knew I had crossed. So whenever it comes that way, I know that I'm contending with a spirit that I fought with for three and a half years for me to get my liberty in the realm of the spirit. That you said it today and you did not see it today doesn't mean you don't have faith. You are stirring up something. Eh? The Gary that you turn, how many times you turn it before? <laughs> Answer me now. Hmm? How many times do you turn it? Are you interested in the turning or interested in whether it is okay now? 
Uh-huh. You see, the problem is that we are looking at how many times we have said it. We are not interested in has this happened. So keep saying it until you see the texture in your life. That's the battle of testimonies. I refuse to sink in the name of Jesus. I refuse to sink in the name of Jesus. Keep saying it. I refuse to die. Do you know how many times David said, I shall not die. I shall live. And the kind of goodness of God. He said this severally. You'll be fighting. I shall not die. He's at the battleground. I shall not die. Every time death touches him, I shall not die. He keeps saying it or he built an energy around him. And he now said, even though I pass to the valleys or the shadows of death, I fear no evil. For the Lord is with me, with his cloak and with his staff. With this, he comforts me. Your mouth is meant to charge your atmosphere. <laughs> and each time you are saying it, you are stirring this life in you. You are stirring it. The power of this life is in your mouth. That's why Jesus will come and say, I am the light of the world. Don't think he always said it when he was in the temple. While he was in the prayer place, he was saying it. I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. He was bringing out the life in him out to his atmosphere. So when he comes to a place, forces we see him and see the light. Because several I began to ask the Lord, I said, what, what are you telling God, the Father, in that your prayer? I want to understand those days when I, I was building myself to also learn to you know, wait upon the Lord. I'll pray for 30 minutes. My list is finished. I don't know what to say again. I'll play some Christian music. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I'll finish all I have. But when I go and read the Bible, the Bible says Jesus woke up at the third watch of the night and he prayed till morning. I say, ah, ah. And he says, No servant is greater than the master. It's expedient that every servant be trained to be like his master. I say, Jesus, please, what are you telling God? Is God death? One o'clock, two o'clock, three, four. What are you telling him? Till morning that they will have to come and look for you. And he did it once. Sometimes it's all night, only him. All night, only you have all night vision. So what are you telling the father? And I was serious. You have heard me say, say, anytime you hear, Jesus say, truly, truly, I say unto you. Huh? Mark those words, they are very powerful. Now told me that those words he says, truly, truly, I say unto you, were words that the Father gave to him. And then when he goes into that prayer, he will say them for three hours, four hours, five hours. Keep saying one thing. And each time he says it, it's not an act of repetition. It's an act of building energy. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person produces what? Tremendous power. Where? In heaven or earth? Good. So the power is not from God. The power is in the words he has given to you. You keep saying it. And that's the same principle that these witches and narcotic men use. Incantation. They can say one place and be saying something. Keep saying it. They can say there, say it for a very long time. Before they will say that they have built enough energy, they will now send it out. Anybody who is a victim 
will become a victim of that darkness, that judgment they have released. The cause of many times I've done deliverance and be asking them, how do you do this? They say we just get in a coven, we charge ourselves up with all kinds of concussion and they will start saying things. They start saying things. They will give them incantations. They will be making incantations. They will be there saying it. Their power depends on how long they can say it. Are you learning something here now? Yes, Lord. And the light of the world. Anyway, come into that place, shut down. I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. And as he's saying it, he's imagining the thing in his mind. He's painting a picture in his mind. He keeps saying it. He keeps saying it. And as he says it, the Holy Ghost will be bringing some, some words, some pictures that will start doing up things. Where there's light, there's no darkness. Where there's light, there's no darkness. No darkness of oppression, no darkness of failure, no darkness of fear, no darkness of death. In the name of Jesus, I'm the light of the world. He keeps saying it, he keeps saying it. <laughs> so he said, all those places where he said, truly, truly, I say unto you, were the words that were embedded in the place of prayer. He said those words, some of them for more than four hours. When he comes out and he says it, everybody on the canopy catches the energy of that word. So some of the things I'm teaching you here are actually words of prayer already for you. That area of your life you feel that something is going on. What has God said about it? Then keep saying it. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. One man was training, one brother was training his son, who was to take over from him as the chief <laughs> wizard of that town. Very dangerous man. He's known for killings. And for destruction. If he marks you, it takes God to stop him. He must go down. He's well known. Now he's now old and his time is elapsing. He raised his son. One day, he told his son, there are three kinds of people that you should fear in your life. He said, what? Are there people that we can fear with all these things? He said, yes. These people, be careful with them. You want to know those people? Yeah. Number one, he said, fear those Christians that pray for so long. Fear Christians that pray for so long. Don't dare to touch them. Because that vindication comes instantly and you can't withstand it. He said, up to now, in our own gather, we have, not, we have not received what it takes to handle Christians who pray for too long. Number two. He said, fear Christians 
who pray at night. The word he uses fear Christians who have consistent habit of praying at night. <laughs> he said the problem with these people is that it has become a habit. He said their problem is not the prayer, is that that habit, that habit is a stronghold that the day you touch it, you are touching God's investment. You can see the reason why the Catholic Church is very consistent with habit of the Mass, celebrating the Mass every day. It's part of what keeps us long. Number three. <laughs> He said, fear Christians who pray intermittently. Who have the habit of praying intermittently. Every one hour, they offer incense. Every 30 minutes, they are praying. One hour, they are praying again. No matter where they are, their minds are always being raised to Christ. He said, such Christians... The jealousy of God is upon them perpetually. The jealousy of God is upon them perpetually. The man concluded. I said, if you find any Christian, who is not among these three? You see? Scrape his head. Scrape, scrape their head. That means take them out. Deal with them. He said they have nothing to offer. Can you imagine what a witch doctor is telling the one who will take over from him? He says, any Christian scrape your head. And every genuine prayer is meant to stay up. You cannot pray long. Eh? Amen. Yeah. The energy to pray long comes with understanding of the substance. I'm making a correction now. Say, I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. That is why I pray. That is why I pray. Uh -huh. You don't pray because you have problems. Prayer is the infrastructure through which you digest this deposit of God in you. If you don't pray, the energy will be locked up. It will not work for you. But when you pray, you release it. You release it. And the more you pray, the more the energy is increasing. Jesus says, as a father has life in himself, so he has given the son to have life in himself. That's why himself, we see every night he goes to pray, to stir up this life.
So, child of God, make sure you belong to this group of people. Those I didn't tell you. Those I didn't tell you. He said, fear Christians who pray for long. Fear Christians who have the habit of praying at night. Then fear Christians who pray intermittently. They have the habit of one hour, one hour, 30 minutes. They are praying. Anyway, they are in a huge location where there's noise. But he just close his eyes, he connects. There are so many times have it. We call it ejaculated prayer as, as, as Catholics. He says, so people who have a consistent act of play, praying intermittently, even at night they are sleeping, they wake up, as they are going to eat themselves, they are praying. They use 10 minutes and then storm heaven. He says, so people carry the jealousy of God consistently upon their lives. He says, don't attack them because that vindication will come fast. If I don't stir the life in me, I can't bless you. Even before I come to teach you here, I must go and stir it in prayer. So with joy, you will draw water from the well of salvation. Where is that well? It's inside you. You are carried around. Prayer is the machine that pumps the water out of that well. And if you are gifted with the gift of tongues, pray more in tongues. Those times that you have finished your rosary and all that, pray long with tongues. Learn to increase your velocity and frequency of speaking in tongues. Pray, pray, pray. Pray long in it. The more you pray in tongues, the more you are energized. And could you begin to grow in this dimension <clears throat> over time that gift will come you know what happens this life <clears throat> will now give you his own vocabulary to speak in his own dimension so for those who sometimes argue uh, they give uh, the the gift of tongues do we see me praying in tongues nowadays? No, it's happened only during the time of the apostles. It's not true. It's a gift of prayer. There's a difference between speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. When you're speaking in tongues, you can be teaching and preaching somewhere, and you are talking in your own understanding, then people in their different languages are hearing what you're saying. That's what's called speaking in tongues. You are speaking mysteries, but they are hearing and understanding in their own language. But praying in tongues is speaking mysteries to God alone. Unless the privilege is given to someone to understand what they are saying and can interpret. Because when you are speaking in tongues, or when you are praying in tongues, sometimes you are actually praying to God in the spirit. And the answer, you are also speaking the answer also. A word is coming, but you don't know. You just keep talking, you keep speaking, keep speaking, keep speaking. As you are speaking, you are addressing God, and answer is coming through your own tongue. So somebody, if someone is there and understands, you can start interpreting what you are saying. That God is saying this, God is saying this. 
So as you work strong in any of these consistently over time, one day you just see yourself while you're praying, things will just be bubbling out to the well. That time the angel has stirred up the water. But the water now is not the water of a uh, uh, pool of Bethesda. It's not the pool that is inside of you. And then you'll see the bubbling. And then where strange words will be coming out of you. And you see the energy that, that come, accompanies it. And as you allow yourself to carry the need, you begin to speak what they call the esoteric language. Very powerful. Desire it. There are some of you who, has, who are gifted in this and you have thrown it away. You don't use it as well again. You don't even understand. Go and revive it. When the spirit brings it up in you, allow it to flow. Allow it to flow. It helps you to pray long. At least beyond one hour. Once you have crossed one hour, you have tried. But as time goes on, you can see yourself going two hours. Three hours, five hours, depending. But the, the beauty about it is not how long it is, but how consistent it is. Be the long one, be the night own, or the intermittent own. The beauty of it is how consistent. The more consistent it is, the more you are building formidable spiritual barricades. So the power of prayer is rooted in the substance we have received in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit wants us to walk on this dimension. That's where the Holy Spirit leads us now. He has given you his nature, his life, and his spirit. Now he's making you to be conscious of it. Because in that life is the nature. In that life is the spirit. Are we together here? Yes. Good. Force yourself. It won't be easy. Are you hearing me? Yes. It will not be easy. This is what I'm learning right now. For you to practice them is not easy. But put up a fight. Remind yourself. It is something you did to yourself. Sometimes you can even use your watch. Set your watch to remind you. And build that habit consistently. Okay? Do it. Do it. Let God see your sincerity. Then grace will come and support you. If you attempt sometimes and you fail, don't get discouraged and say, ah, I've laughed again. Stand again. Continue. Develop that habit. Very important. Once you are built to what they call the grace of supplication, you are eternally connected. It's like an antenna. Anywhere you are, you are always connected. No, no matter the distraction, anywhere you find yourself, your joy is that you are connected. As a matter of fact, there are places you find yourself and the place is so noisy or so disorganized somehow that you'll be forced to move up to that place because of the, what you're carrying inside. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise.
Thank you for where you are leading us to. Thank you for teaching us. Break the yokes of limitation, the things that stops us from praying. Thank you for the investment. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Thank you for blessing me, Lord. You gave me life. Strength. You gave me power. My soul magnifies you. My soul rejoices in you, my Savior. I celebrate you at this hour, O oh Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord. You have raised us at this point in time to become children of testimony. On account of this life, our lives are fruitful. Holy Spirit, help us to connect to this life. That when He speaks to us, we listen. Let the vistas of understanding be opened unto us. By virtue of this life, you have given, O oh Lord, order our steps. Yeah. Order our steps. Yeah. Power our decisions. Yeah. Help us direct our choices. It is in you we live and move and have our being. Precious Father, thank you for the substance of faith. By virtue of this substance, I decree and I declare that as many who are under the sound of my voice, O oh God, whatever the enemy has made in their life to bring shame to them, let it be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. By virtue of this life, be fruitful. Be fruitful, be fruitful. As the Bible says that this life vitalizes our mortal body. Anything in our bodies that is held bound by mortality, by wickedness, by darkness receives strength from this life in the name of Jesus Christ. That your long-awaited testimony, the hour has come for it to comfort. Let it comfort in the name of Jesus Christ. Be fruitful in your body. Be fruitful in your career. Be fruitful with the work of your hands. Precious Father, the world said you have raised us to be the first and not the last. Anyone who has been enlisted to be the last, who is here? Let your word upgrade that person. Amen. Be the first in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. From the top of your head 
down to the sole of your feet. Let this life overwhelm you. Amen. Let it take charge of your bones, your blood, Amen. your organs. Amen. Let sicknesses vanish. Amen. Let sicknesses in the blood, sicknesses in the bones, all forms of infirmity. Let it go in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. By virtue of this life, O oh God, even though we pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, we shall fear no evil, because no weapon of fashion against us shall prosper. And so, Father, may your children walk in the light of this world in the name of Jesus Christ. May this life walk in you. May this life rule you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. This life carries a glory, the glory of the only Son of God. May this glory be upon your life. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, when you gave us this life, you gave us everything. On account of that, your hope in us is so high. You invested so much in us. And you know so much will come out of us. I declare and I declare that your children will rise to the demand you are making of them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. No force will hold you down. Amen. No spirit will tie you down. Amen. As the Holy Ghost inspires you in your journey of life, as he shows you pictures where he wants you to be, as he begins to inspire you in the direction to go, you will walk in them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Out of your belly shall flow rivers. Amen. Rivers of goodness. Amen. Rivers of abundance. Amen. Rivers of wealth. Amen. Of righteousness. Amen. Of holiness. Amen. God will position you in a place where he will use you. To impart to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. He said, I have given you life. And he wants to have it abundantly. That you may become a blessing to others. The reason for the life is not just that you be blessed. But that you be a blessing to others. You become a distributor of the things of God that he has invested in you. Time has come, child of God. On account of this. That you become a blessing to so many. Amen. As many that comes around you, they shall drink from the well inside of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will impact their lives. You will change their stories. Amen. You will wipe away their tears. Amen. God will elevate you that you may elevate others in the name of Jesus Christ. He will take you to places. He will take you to high positions in life. Amen. The Bible says that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. As you trust God to take you high, He's trusting you too to be an instrument, not of self, but an instrument of His goodness. May you become that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, you have given us this life, and your word says. 
and no one can snatch us out of your hands. We declare, we declare. There shall be no violence in our land. Amen. There shall be no bloodshed in our land. Amen. As men who are connected to us, Heavenly Father, wherever they may be, we cover them by this life. Amen. Every form of darkness, we lose his grief over them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. No sickness will bring them down. Amen. Precious Father, bless our people. Bless our brothers and sisters. Amen. Bless as many who are connected to us by faith. As especially those who are passing through perilous times. Heavenly Father, may their, may their needs be met in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As many who have recourse to our prayers at the center here. Families that are passing through turbulent moments. Those who are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Those who are trusting God for open doors. Those who are trusting God for peace, for joy. Those who are trusting God for wisdom to run their families. Those who call upon your name. We pray at this hour, O oh God, by virtue of this life, wherever they may be at this hour, may the angels of life minister to them. And may their needs be met in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We intercede over our land, O oh God. Let the pillar of light take over everywhere. Amen. Let the blanket of darkness be rolled back. Amen. May your will prevail over the will of men. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says, The heavens belong to the Lord. The earth he has given to men. And so Father, King of glory, may the men and women you have raised at this point in time to run the affairs of your agenda on this earth, May they continue to walk in the light of your glory. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As many of you have come here with a burden in your heart. I am trusting God for. I join faith with you in intercession at this hour. And I decree and I declare. May that burden be taken off your heart. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Receive the rest that comes from Eucharistic Jesus. He said, come to me all of you who labor and are burden and I will give you rest. He brings rest to you now. Take your rest in that area of your life. Take rest for your souls. Take rest for your career. Take rest for your family. Take rest. Take rest. The grace of rest has come to you. The grace of rest has come to you. The grace of rest has come to you. Thank you, precious Father. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Yes, I love.